Here we go. You are listening to Rumination Tuesday, Law and Gospel, where we take a look at a hymn. And the hymn we're going to be examining today is Entrust Your Days and Burdens by Paul Gerhardt. Trust Your Days and Burdens. Who wrote it? It's a well-known hymn of Paul Gerhardt. In fact, there's a story that he found joy in God's providential and saving care. And in the 19th century, shortly after the hymn was published, a bakery worker sang it while at work in a large city in northern Germany. By evening, the other workers in the bakery had learned it, and within a week, the entire city was singing it. Gerhard faced much distress during his lifetime. By the time he was 14, both his parents had died. When he was 30, his hometown was destroyed by the Swedish army during the Thirty Years' War a case of a Lutheran army destroying a Lutheran city. And the fall of that same year, his older brother Christian died there of the plague. After writing this hymn, Gerhardt would experience the death of his wife and four of his five children. His motive for writing this hymn of God's providential care, one wonders. But scholars have pointed out some writings that he would likely have known that could have influenced the hymn's content. And one of them is a so-called table talk of Martin Luther, who uses the first lines of Psalm 37, verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. Gerhardt's hymn begins by quoting this verse. 
and one can see how the hymn may have been influenced by this particular poem attributed to Martin Luther. So we now take a look at a hymn that I can't remember the tune very well at all. I don't know about you, Pastor Smith. Have you uh, sung this hymn very often? No, I can't say I have. I'm not uh, as familiar as I'd like to be with it. But the words are great. Yes, and I kind of like the tune that goes with it. Um, so without further ado, because there are six verses to it, why don't you read stanza one? Okay. And trust your days and burdens to God's most loving hand. He cares for you while ruling the sky, the sea, the land. For he who guides the tempests along their thunderous ways will find for you a pathway and guide you all your days. Now, there's a real metaphor that's found in there, and that is for he who guides the tempests. Yes. When we usually think of tempests, we're thinking of bad weather. But what is Paul Gerhardt talking about? Well, I, you know, I just assumed it was weather, tempests, the wind. Um, you know, the, well, this the, is uh, during, the, gospel, this is, the gospel reading for this coming Sunday is Jesus walking on water. Right. But the tempest that he's going wasn't Jesus walking on water. No. It's the 30 well, years war. 30 years, 30 years war. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I found that very interesting that, uh, that his own city here was a, a mostly Lutheran city was, uh, was being ravaged by the Swedish army, which were, which were mostly Lutherans. Yes. The 30 years war caused a lot of problems and it would be like uh, the civil war in the United States where your town was ravaged, etc., And then you go ahead and write this hymn because the idea that tempests are not referring to weather it says we'll find you for you a pathway and guide you all your days so that's a pathway through the tempest and boy did he ever have them boy he sure did losing four of his five kids his wife yep. And you know another another hymn that he wrote. I'm pretty sure is now thank we all our God. Can you imagine writing that hymn after losing most of your family like that? Well, that's what this verse really talks about, because he says God rules the sky, the sea, and the land. Well, during a war, how can you think that? But he thinks it because he trust what God is doing because God has made specific promises. So there's no doubt about that. All right, I'll read stanza two. Okay. Mm -hmm. Rely on God, your Savior, and find your life secure. Make his work your foundation that your work may endure. No anxious thought no worry, 
no self-tormenting care can win your father's favor his heart is moved by prayer now what kind of attitude is that about god yeah uh he's not you know he's not moved by anything that we do uh but but as he says by prayer you know he he, he listens to our prayers and uh no self-tormenting care, no anxious thought, no worry, you know, nothing like that. But but uh, prayer is what moves him. Now, how can a Christian say that, as he says here, that his life is secure when this death is occurring all around him? Well, because a Christian knows it. Well, I I always go back to that one verse, Romans eight twenty eight. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to His purpose. We Christians cannot lose, no matter how bad life seems around us. The world could be tumbling all around us, but we just we just cannot lose. If we're God's God's children, uh, we're we can't lose. We can only win. Ultimately. Every, everything's got to work out for our ultimate good. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean that we won't have loved ones taken away from us. That's that death still uh, it still hurts us, and uh, we still shed tears, no doubt about it. But nevertheless, everything, all things, even death itself, must ultimately work out for the Christian's good. And that's because heaven is going to be our future home. Absolutely, it's a so, sure and certain gift. So it doesn't matter how anxious you are or how much you worry uh, or how much your care torments you. None of that wins your father's favor as the prayer you send to God each and every time during these problems. Absolutely. And he wants us, he wants us to, uh, wrestle with him in prayer just like uh, just like Jacob rec- wrestled with that nighttime visitor at, at Peniel he really wants us to hold him to his promises yeah that's well said that's what it means to rely on God your savior all right would you read stanza 3 take heart have hope my spirit and do not be dismayed God helps in every trial and makes you unafraid. Await his time with patience, though darkest hours of through darkest hours of night, until the sun you hoped for delights your eager sight. And that once more is talking about to be trusting in the Lord for what he has promised to do. And that's a wonderful promise that we can rely on. In fact, um, this hymn, by the way, is used in Johann Sebastian Bach's monumental St. Matthew's Passion. I didn't know that. I didn't either. Uh, He also uses the best of Gerhardt's Passion Hymns, O Sacred Head Now Wounded, and upon the cross extended. Can you imagine being in a congregation where Sebastian Bach 
is playing these chorales every service. Oh, boy, I'll tell you. Yeah, wouldn't that be something? But you know what's amazing to me is how the the story you told about him uh, singing this hymn in a bakery. Yes. As as he worked in a bakery, is that right? And by the end of the day, the whole the whole town was was had had it learned. That's amazing. It wasn't even wasn't even uh, him who was singing it. It was a person who wait, worked in a bakery. That he that he taught it to. Yes, a bakery worker sang it while at work in a large city in northern Germany, and by the end, guess what? The whole town. Everybody was singing it in town. Talk yes. about a catchy tune, <laughs> man. Well, there there's another story about how it came about, um, and that was that his wife once pleaded with her husband for money to buy food, but there was no money to be had. So Gerhard promised his wife an eternal food and drink from God's word. And after a few hours work, the result was this hymn. How about Now, that? we're not sure that's really all true, but it's definitely true that Gerhard wrote the hymn. And what, for whatever reason it was, it really helps Christians. So this third verse, take heart, have hope, my spirit. Now, remember, you have a new man and an old man. And you're asking the new man to have hope. And do not be dismayed. Because God helps in every trial and makes you unafraid. Um, I don't know, have you been at the doctors recently, or I have? Um, they have a set of questions now that they ask you, and it's for Medicare. Yeah. And one of the questions was, uh, do you feel depressed? Do you feel like you could commit suicide. And of course I answered no to those. But then she was asking, do you have anxious thoughts? Uh, do you have trouble sleeping? Well, I've got so many things going on in my life that yeah. are really good. The radio program, talking with you and Wes, that it's not anxious thoughts that a lot of times keep me awake, but excitement about, well, here's what I'm going to do tomorrow. In fact, I almost got up last night and went down to do a project I'm working on. I've got some 40 items that we have published through Trellian Productions, and I want to put them all together on paper so people can see what they are and therefore the desire to, to buy them. Because I've handed some out at the congregation I'm at now, and they're all excited about them. So a lot of times you forget, well, here's how you can be helpful. And in fact, one gentleman came up to me and said, is my pet going to be in heaven? And what was I able to show him? You were able to provide one of those booklets. Exactly, by Peter Kurowski. 
right. uh, talking about animals in heaven, pets in heaven. So others heard about it and they're asking about it. So that's kind of what keeps me awake at, at night. And so I'm unafraid of what's ahead, but looking forward to it. Yeah, you're you're not anxious. You're you're driven. You're driven by the uh, by the interest that you have in these projects. Excellent. All right, stanza four, please. Leave all to His direction. His wisdom rules for you, in ways to rouse your wonder at all His love can do. Soon He, His promise keeping, with wonder working powers will banish from your spirit what gave you troubled hours. So that's, again, a promise from God. And you mentioned the Romans eight twenty eight. You got so many verses. How about 1 Corinthians ten thirteen? Never will a temptation come to you beyond your power to endure. In fact, we'll often have a way of escape. So... That's how we entrust our days and burdens to Jesus. Yeah, you know, there's no doubt about it. The title of this hymn is really is well placed. I mean, he he covers that theme in every single verse. And trust your days and burdens. Uh, don't don't be dismayed, even through darkest hours of night, until the sun you hope for delights your eager sight. I mean, don't worry about anything. And every single verse is about that. Every word, every every line is a line of comfort and assurance. Uh, yeah, yeah. Samuel Janso was the individual. He died in two thousand and one. Who translated this? And I don't think that we use that word in trust sufficiently, because it's just the verb, which means to put faith in the promises of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and when I think when I hear the word entrust, I think of entrusting all to his care. Every every single thing, everything, every aspect of your life, entrust it to his care. Put it in his hands. And when you have those kinds of spectacles on that God is taking care of your life, I'm sure you begin to see things that others aren't obvious of. Various things happen, and they happen at the right time, and you're just amazed. Wow, what wonders are are occurring right now? I can't think of a big problem I've had in the last five years that hasn't been worked out in some way. And, And that's why, well, banished from our spirit will be that fear. Yeah, you know, one of my failings is I'm a little bit of a procrastinator. And, uh, you know, I admit this, I need to work on it. But, you know, sometimes I've found that if you do procrastinate about something, it eventually is worked out as he promised. Romans 8, a lot of times those things, you know, people say they take care of themselves, but I know who's really taking care of them. Yes. Like in the writing of sermons, I used to try and have the sermon pretty well finished by Tuesday or Wednesday. And I soon learned that, boy, 
Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I'd be in a Bible study or be reading the Bible. And, oh, this would be a better point for the sermon. And yes. so right now, I, uh, I usually keep my sermon finishing till Saturday. And that way, I, I bring in all the thoughts. I'm always changing it as the week goes on because I have it in my mind. Yes. All right, I'll read Go Go ahead. I'll read five. O blessed air of heaven, you'll hear the song resound of endless jubilation when you with life are crowned. In your right hand, your maker will place the victor's palm and you will thank him gladly with heaven's joyful psalm. Now, what does that mean? Well, in your right hand, your maker will place the victor's palm. Well, that's, of course, the, the picture that will, you know, the, the victors that have inherited heaven by grace through faith in Christ Jesus are often depicted as waving palm branches, wearing yeah, white it, robes and wearing palm branches. So that's what he's talking. This is a picture of heaven. Already in the second to the last verse, he's talking about us as heirs of heaven. Everything, everything will ultimately work out toward that end. Yeah, it's good that the word palm here isn't referring to that part of your hand. Right. It's referring to a, a plant. That was well said. In other words, where were these palms best used uh, in Jesus' life? When he entered, uh, when he entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, exactly, and um, we're going to have that palm, and with heaven's joyful psalm, we'll be thanking him gladly. And you bestowed know, upon us the crown of light, or the crown of life. That is, when you yes. with life are crowned, another picture of of our victory in heaven. And it's referring to eternal life. Right. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give unto thee the crown of life. Excellent. All right. Stanza six, please. Our hands and feet, Lord, strengthen. With joy, our spirits bless. Until we see the ending of all our life's distress. And so throughout our lifetime, keep us within your care and at our end, then bring us to heaven to praise you there. So I was trying to figure out why hands and feet. Why well, you know, I can't help when I when I when I hear that, I think of I think of his hands and feet nailed to the cross. But uh, but at the same time. Uh, how beautiful are the are, are the feet of those that bring good tidings, bring the good news, the gospel. Yeah, I'm thinking that feet is what you use in order to go somewhere. Right. And that's what the end of the verse says. At our end, then bring us to heaven to praise you there. And so there is an ending of all of our life's distress. And a lot of people are worried about that today what with the virus, et cetera, that's going through the country. Although there seems to be a lifting of the cautions over it, but we'll see. 
Do you have many in your congregation who are still concerned? Um, yeah, there's always there are always some. I think there's always the concern out there. But, you know, as I think of this line, our hands and feet, Lord, strengthen. You know, I think of myself <laughs> right away. You know, my my uh, I'm, I'm having some trouble with my knees at this time. I walk a lot every morning and finally it's kind of caught up with me. And I'm, I'm hoping I can continue to exercise and everything because I really enjoy it and it helps, helps me feel good. But and that's kind of a prayer that I pray, Lord, as I get I'm I'm up in the 60s. Uh, my my age that is, and uh, strengthen my strengthen my feet, strengthen my hands, uh, rid them of any arthritic pain or anything like that, so that I can so that I can be your servant throughout my days and, and finally praise you in heaven. No, I think that's a really good point you make. Is that remember Ephesians talks about that we're saved by grace through faith not on account of works lest anyone should boast but then the verse continues saying what do you remember about our works oh let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your father in heaven yeah there's no doubt that God in the Ephesians passage has put us into our situation so that we can really be a light to the world. Right. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh-oh. Because it's tomorrow's Bible study. Of everyone in the New Testament prior to the crucifixion of Jesus, who do you think showed the greatest faith? Boy, you know... That's the there's answer. A, there's I a wanted. number of them. I think I think of the Samaritan woman at the well. Well, or tomorrow no. we're going oh, to be talking the centurion, the centurion. We're going to answer that question tomorrow on Law and Gospel. Tom Baker, Mark Smith, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.